Hey guys, Tucker here, co-host of the Portland Real Estate Podcast. Before we get into this week's show, I wanted to let you know that we're currently looking for more projects. So for any of you guys that listen to the show that may be an agent or otherwise that have a property that you're looking to sell, we'd love to hear from you. Obviously, we're looking to purchase properties that are maybe not best suited for the retail market or maybe they need to be redeveloped. So we do renovations and we do new construction so we could buy an existing home that maybe it smells like cigarette smoke, maybe it hasn't been updated in decades, maybe it's got some fun functional issues, some problems like that, or maybe it's just in an area that is best suited to take the house down, partition the lot, maybe build a couple new homes, or just build one new home in its place, and anything in between. So if you guys out there in Listenerland have anything that would be best suited selling to a development company like ours, we'd love to hear from you. You can go to our website, which is ttmdevelopmentcompany.com, and when you go there, there's a contact us tab. Click on that, and you can send us a message, and we'll get back to you shortly thereafter. We'd love to hear from any of you guys out there that have a property like this, and hopefully we we can do a deal together. This is the Portland Real Estate Podcast, your number one place for anything you need to know about the Portland real estate market, along with in-depth interviews from our local real estate industry experts. Now, without further ado, here are our hosts, Tucker Merrihue from TTM Development Company and Steve Nassar from Premier Property Group. All right, everybody, welcome back. This is episode 87 of the Portland Real Estate Podcast. We've got a great show for you this week. I have to thank my co-host, Mr. Steve Nassar, for bringing on a fantastic guest for us. So I will pass the baton early on this intro, and I'll hand it over to you, Steve-O, after I say welcome, of course, and uh, you can tell us what we got in store for our listeners today. Yeah, I got to tell you, Tucker, our guest today, he intimidates me a little bit. When we were first getting him on Skype, I think our listeners may or may not know this, we call it our virtual studio, and, and that's because I'm in my office, you're in your office, and usually when a guest is on, they're in their office. Well, when we were kind of first testing our connection, he's like, okay, I got to warn you that I don't have any makeup on. <laughs> our guest is somebody very used to being at a microphone, far more so than you and I, Tucker. In fact, usually when he's at a microphone, his shiny little face is showing on TV as well, so... Without further ado, Adam Bjornsson of Lawyer's Title is how I know him. He's a sales executive there at Lawyer's Title, has been for a few years, and I'll let him get into some of the story behind that. But most of our listeners will know him far prior to that as a Portland Trailblazer announcer. And here and now today, he is with Coin News as a sports broadcaster. So welcome, Adam. Well, hello. Just uh, call me the intimidator, apparently. <laughs> That's good stuff. Scary guy. Scary guy. Let me tell you, from what I know from Adam, he'll make you quake. Yeah. Adam, let's introduce our listeners to you and your story. So if I'm not mistaken, you are from the North Oregon coast, correct? You are correct. A sleepy town called Warrington, which is tucked right between Seaside and Astoria. How does a guy from Warrington, Oregon get into the largest city in the state and the only professional sports team at the time anyway in the state and become one of their broadcasters. Give us that story. Well, I, I was born and when I say raised, I was born in the Bay Area. I was born in Oakland. So I've got ties to like all their sports teams down there. But I never gravitated to the Golden State Warriors, even though I interned for them in the mid 90s. But we moved up to Oregon when I was about eight years old. 
And I immediately became a Trailblazer fan, shooting baskets out on the driveway, listening to Bill Shonley, you know, calling Audie Norris, Kelvin Ramsey, Kenny Carr, Clyde Drexler, of course, all those guys in the early 80s. And I just thought, wow, this is an incredible broadcaster. I love what he's doing. And I love this team. And so I would just shoot baskets out there all night and try to emulate and be one of those trailblazers eventually. And I just became a fan, like instantly, right then and there. And so that's how I became a Blazer fan. But, you know, even growing up uh, on the coast, I used to watch all the local sports casts and always thought to myself, look, if I can't play professional sports, I want to at least be able to talk professional sports. And that led me to always wanting to be in Portland. And I've been fortunate enough to be on the air here since 2001. I've worked for every TV station in town now, with the exception. How did that go down, Adam? I mean, like, is there auditions one day? Did you meet somebody? Yeah, you initially start. You initially start by putting together what they call a demo reel. So you put some of your best work. And I, I graduated from Portland State, and then after I graduated, I was thinking about getting my master's degree. I moved down. I'd met a girl. I'd moved down to the Bay Area. The Raiders had just moved from L.A. back to Oakland. So I was like, just gung-ho. I've got, I've got the girlfriend. I've got the sports team. And I had two buddies from Seaside that were running uh, the Nordstrom down there in downtown San Francisco. So I had a job already lined up. So it was just like this perfect storm happening. So, yeah, I put together a reel and I went to San Francisco State to try to get my master's. And I went to their College of Extended Learning where they allow you to basically take out cameras and do your own story. They have all the editing equipment, everything there that uh, you would need to put together a, a tape or a reel. Back then it was a video cassette tape. And then you send them out to TV stations all over the country. And This was like a social media college before social media. Like totally, it's, it's, exactly. Yeah. It's exactly right. Yeah. And so, you know, you'd get nibbles here and there. I'd send them to big markets just, you know, as a, just a test to see if I'd get a call back. I'd send them to Minneapolis, to Denver. But my heart was always to want to be in Portland. I grew up watching guys like Steve Arena, Ed Whalen, Rick Metzger even takes you back, and Shots is such a terrific woman and just one of the hardest workers you've ever met in the business. What about Colin Cowherd was from here too, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Colin was who I replaced at uh, KGW in 2004. When I got to Portland, I started at Fox 12 in 2001. And after that, went to uh, KPTV after Colin got the job at ESPN. And I was just across the street. I said, you guys want me, I can start tomorrow. There was no non-competes at that time that I'd have to deal with because they broke the contract on their end. So yeah, I just went down to KGW and said, look, I'm here, I'm ready, I can start tomorrow. And that's what happened. I was at KGW for six years. The Blazers then came and got me away from KGW, basically recruited me. So I, I was there for six years. You were doing and, sports only, right, Adam? Yeah. yeah. You always only done sports, correct? Correct. Yeah. Okay. When you start off in the business, Steve, you, you, you do a little bit of everything. They call it a one-man band. So uh, similar to a real estate agent where you're doing everything. You know, you've got a schedule. You've got to you know, get the home inspection. You've got to do everything. You do it all. So you're the writer, the producer, the shooter, uh, the editor. You're doing it all. And then you're the anchor slash reporter. So, but yeah, it's a fascinating career. You know, between the two jobs, 
I had a hard time, to be honest. That's why I'm doing both of them. And we can transition into that, I'm sure. I'm curious. uh, So what was the transition then to working with the Blazers? Like, did they have an opening and you were like, I'm on this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Scott Zachary was the executive producer for Blazers Broadcasting. and, And he came to me and he got all the guys on board. He got Mike Barrett, Brian Wheeler, Antonio Harvey, all these guys to call me and say, hey, we really want you. We love what you do. We think you'd be a great addition to our team and you'd be the TV studio host. Now, there's something really funny about this, you guys, is that I have always in the TV business used a teleprompter. OK, and this is going to this might surprise a few people, but this is the God's honest truth. When I got the job with the Blazers, they had told me, hey, you're going to do this half hour show, pregame show. You know, there's just rabid Blazer fans everywhere. I said, great. So we went and toured the studio and I was looking at it and I said, okay, so where's the teleprompter that you guys have? You know, all the words that I'm going to pre-produce and put there. They didn't have a teleprompter. And I, <laughs> eh, you know, so I just have to carry on a conversation like most normal human beings and, uh, and, and drive the show that way. They said, yeah. I said, okay, well, I've got a little ADD in me. So I, I, you know, I sometimes will just go off on a tangent and then just stop and then forget even what the question was. And that might happen during this podcast. But <laughs> Turn on the teleprompter. Turn on the <laughs> teleprompter. <laughs> so again, they never had a teleprompter, you guys. So I was deathly afraid. This is the home opener in 2010. And I'm driving from our house in Beaverton and I'm driving along Highway 26. And I have never in my life to this point had a panic attack. So I was at that time, I was 40 years old. I'd never had a panic attack, but I was starting to have one. And I was bound to do anything, you guys, to not be on that show that night because I was terrified. I mean, there's, I've never been more scared in my life. I seriously considered crashing my car like fender bender, like not, not bad, <laughs> but just to the point where I didn't have to go in. And then I got to the arena, I got to the Rose Garden, as it was called then, and uh, I, I told one of the Blazer doctors, I said, my heart is racing like crazy. Can you just, you know, check my blood pressure? Can you do something? They did. And and bless my mom, my, my late mom, I had to give her a call. And sometimes mom is the one, the only one who can kind of talk you off the ledge. And I said, mom, I'm freaking out. I'm freaking out. She said, why? I said, I've never done a show before where there's not been a teleprompter. She goes, be you. They're going to love you. And I said, okay, mom, okay, that's all I needed to hear. And then we got through the first segment, and it was shaky, as most first segments are in a new career, new job, especially on TV in front of hundreds of thousands of people, potentially. And we got, we got through it. And as every game and every day and every quarter of basketball, every live hit we did, uh, it got a little easier and a little more comfortable. But, yeah, every, every, every time you're on TV, you get a little bit of that. You know. That's a good, uh, you painted a great picture. I, I could imagine the undershirt was a little damp, uh, you know, after uh, sitting through that first one there, trying to figure yeah. out what in the hell you're going to do without a teleprompter. But obviously you made a great success of it. And, um, you know, they gave you a little leeway to kind of figure your way through it. And, uh, you know, it ended up being a great addition to the team or you were a great addition to the team. How much, um, you know, I guess play, I'm just curious, like, did Tone and Mike Barrett and those guys have in determining who else joined the team? I mean, were they, was it basically a team vote or was it like, you know, they're an iron fist that was like somebody makes a decision and, and that's it? As far as the broadcasters, you mean? Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I think it was strictly Scott Zachary's decision. Okay. And and I had known Scott over time. And, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, when the Blazers let him go, because that's what the Blazers do, they just they, they let go of all the good people, apparently. <laughs> uh, and, I'm not, and I'm not looping myself into that. Don't get me wrong. But they, they just had so many loyal people that have worked, you know, decades for them. And then suddenly, you know, it's this, you know, new era of, you know, early 20-somethings that come in and, and try to reinvent the wheel. Um, read the- hey. Adam, when I buy the Blazers from Paul Allen, when he kicks a bucket, we can change that culture. So, Adam, did you oh, read yeah. the piece that the guy from KGW did after they let you and Barrett go and those guys? It was it was a well written piece. It was like a it was on social media. It was shared quite a bit. I don't know. I'm basically, saying it's the nature of the business. You know, yeah. I remember Jay Leno once was interviewed on sixty Minutes, and he said, "If you're in showbiz, save your money. It's going to kick your butt." And he said he said something along the lines of he's like, has show business kicked your butt yet? If not, wait, it's coming. But yeah, it is. It's a rough business. It definitely is. And and I think even the Blazers, little in a different way, make it even rougher. But go on. I'm sorry. I just thought I'd try to. Yeah, make- no. Yeah, you're in this business. Yeah, you're hired to be fired. And and fortunately, knock on wood, uh, I. Only the only job in TV that I've ever been let go from was the Trailblazers, and. It was unfortunate at the time because I really thought uh, we had something going. There was such a strong connection between the broadcasters at that time and the team, and now they've just completely lost that. But I'll you tell know. you one story. So Kevin Calabro, uh, first season, right, that he was announcing, yeah. and uh, Lillard hits a shot, and he points at his wrist, and he goes, he's, at, he's saying what, is he saying what time it is? What is it? And I was like... Dude, did you not watch any tape from last year before you hopped on the air? Like, and I think you know he's gotten better, but I think that was part of the big pushback. And then I remember he wore like Laker colored uh, suit when we played the Lakers one night, and I was like, "You are just, dude, somebody slap you, please!" Like, you're supposed to be a professional and like watch some tape and don't wear Laker colors to the Blazers right. or, you know, like, come on, man. Like, come on. Seriously. I got one too. This happened. I think this must've been his first year as well. Maybe it was early last year, but uh, Rodney Hood was playing for the Utah Jazz and he drove right down the lane and literally just brought the house down. It was an impressive dunk. It's happening at Moda Center. And he came literally out of his seat. Someone that I know that I will remain nameless um, sits next to him during the games. And he was like, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And his his tone was like, oh, my God, Rodney Hood down the middle with a hammer. And just I like, remember just, that. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, who are you calling this game for? We don't. Yeah. Impressive dunk. But. Don't get all excited. You are a Trailblazer employee. So <laughs> his, I think his mind was still in that national mode. And, and, you know, he got better. But, boy, did he tone down after that. I think people must have told him, hey. I bro- still <laughs> hear the grumblings on social media. I still yeah. hear the grumblings. Bring back the mics. Yeah. Bring back yeah. The, the team from before. And I think I think what, what we loved about that team was – they were homegrown local pe- boys that genuinely loved the team, yeah. and whether or not they worked for the team, they loved them before. You you said it yourself. You loved the team before, and I'm and I'm sure you still love them to some extent today. Um, sure. Probably a little lesser extent, but a little lesser. Yeah, <laughs> yeah a little lesser. <laughs> so let's let's talk about your transition. I I first met you, and it's been I think. I'm, I'm going to guess here, Adam, it's been about three years since you got into real estate. 
Yeah, I first or in uh, February. Yep, and I met you almost right away as yep. a uh, as someone who loves lawyers' title and has used lawyers' title every day of my real estate career. We were setting up a happy hour with Travis Olson, I believe. Yeah. At the Tavern on Cruise. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Who's who's been on the show multiple times, by the way. He's a repeat (laughs) customer. Yeah. And Denise goes, I've got a new person I want to bring. And actually, she copied you on an email, and you replied all. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's Adam Bjornsson. And so we met then and there. So tell us about that, how that that transition happened. How did you get into real estate? You were still actively working for the Blazers, by the way, at that time. Yeah, that is correct. Yep, yep. And so I did one of those kind of inject a little social media into it. I don't often post stuff like this on Facebook, but I I thought, you know what? I'm only working. My job with the Blazers was not a full-time job. It was a part-time position, and I worked game nights only. So I worked 82 games a year, plus playoffs, plus preseason, a handful of games that we'd do. So let's just round it up to 90. Nights out of 365 days a year. I had to find something else. I said, you know, something's got to take my time. Now, this is before I had children, And my lovely wife and I have two currently and a third on the way. So now this two job thing is very important. And we can get into that later too. But I just posted on social media on Facebook. I said, hey, does anyone have any idea on what I I could find a part-time job doing? I said, I've got these hours free. I only work game nights. That's my only, you know, roadblock or barrier to uh, another job. And so I had literally everything from, hey, come help me run my pet store from Countrywide Financial. I mean, you name it. There were probably 25 different opportunities for me on there. I was blown away by how many people would like to have me help them out. And I thought, hey, okay. Then I had one of my old fraternity brothers from Fidelity, because I'm in the Fidelity family, as lawyers is. And he came to me and he said, hey, dude, have you ever thought about title and escrow? And I said... God, it sounds so boring. Why would I ever want to do that? <laughs> and he, he said, well, come on down. Seriously, let me introduce you to some people. We have a sales position open um, in our downtown office. And I thought, okay. Or I met him. He's in the downtown office. And this position was going to be out at um, near Tannisborn, so uh, the Bethany area. And so I said, okay, cool. We go down there. And I've never had any sales experience in my life, aside from you know, indirectly, I, I, I try to sell you a product every night. I try to sell you a sports cast every night. I want you to use me or watch me at night. So I go down, I meet the gal and she's like, oh, super guy, but you know, he's got no sales experience. So pass. And this guy from Fidelity calls me back and says, dude, don't worry. There's a position at Lloyd Center uh, that I think you'd be great at. And I said, oh, okay. And he goes, same company and, you know, probably more of an opportunity. I think you'd really crush it there. Go down, do the whole interview thing. Great guy, but yeah, no experience. So we're going to pass. And I thought, okay, whatever. A month goes by. And I have a a lender friend of mine who reaches out to me. I've known him for 20 plus years. We graduated from Portland State together. And he's like, Hey, dude, what are you doing? And I think I was out having a drink somewhere, just kind of wallowing in my own sorrow. And he says, uh, he's like, hey, man, you still looking for a part-time job? And I said, yeah, as long as it's not title and escrow. God, what a complete catastrophe that was. (laughs) He said, no, actually it is. And I was like, oh, God, here we go again. Do I want to do this to myself, honestly? And he said, here's the here's the difference between this and the last one. Um, They, You don't have to have any experience. They will groom you 
into um, what they want you to be. And I said, sure, I'll give it a shot. I seriously went down and, and Denise, who you uh, mentioned after, uh, before she was still a sales executive at the time. She had not been promoted at that point. So I didn't actually interview with Denise. Uh, I interviewed with four different people with lawyers and we got to that fourth interview and I said, look, I got nothing more to add you guys. And they were four. It wasn't just four back to back to back. It was four separate days. So I'm literally driving from my house at Bethany downtown to Lloyd center in the Lloyd tower uh, four different times. And I thought, look, there's nothing more I can do here. Was Jim Hall the ultimate decision maker? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Love her. Love her. Yep. Miss her. And is absolutely one of the dearest people on the planet. And so yep. I, uh, so I went, I, 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 I said, I've got nothing more to add. If you guys want me, here I am. They said, okay, we'll call you tomorrow. And at that time, Ray Lewandowski, as you remember, Ray, he was, uh, the sales leader at the time, um, vice president of sales, uh, for lawyers title. And, and he said, Hey, I want to let you know. This is, and this is the term that I'll never forget as long as I live because it came from him. He said, I'm going to tell you, it's going to be a, like a fire hose to your mouth. He's like, it's going to be fast. You're going to need to do this, this, and this. He goes, the learning curve is going to be sharp, but I believe in you. And so we got going, and then Ray ended up uh, moving back to Ohio, and uh, Denise got promoted. And I'm here to tell you right now, um, without that woman, I would not be uh, at Lawyer's Title still because she has um, got so much faith and belief in me and what we're doing. And she's just the ultimate competitor and just the sweetest person. And without her, I wouldn't be at Lawyer's Title because I, I was ready to give up at some point because the sales numbers weren't there. I didn't know. You know, there's a lot to learn in this. Business. There is a ton to learn. Me and Tucker probably take it for granted. <clears throat> but I, I know you and I have had these conversations. I mean, coming into the business, just the dynamics of things, the, 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 the structure of transactions, what needs to happen, what can't happen, what you do when something bad does happen, just everything. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and as a sales exec, your job is to go to people like us, like, you know, builders, uh, agents, lenders, and add value and coming from, you know, being new in the business, that's, that's, that's obviously more difficult to do. However, that said, Adam, you brought an element of celebrity, make no mistake about it. And, and just the gift of gab and just, just a, you're just a great presence. I see you what once a week, twice a week. And, and we're so honored to have you. And everybody's like, Hey, I know that guy, he's on TV. So you, you definitely had that, that edge going for you. And you, by the way, guys, Tucker, Whenever lawyer's title is speaking at our events, guess who's their spokesperson? It would be dumb not to. I told you the yeah. story off air, but I talked to Tone before he really launched with directors. And I was like, they better package you up, man, and use that celebrity and leverage the shit out of that. And you know what? If they don't, they're, you know, it's just not a smart thing to do. And they did. And it's been fantastic for them both, it looks like. And I'm glad to hear the lawyers did the same thing because you got to have a reason for people to pay attention to you, right? I mean, Tyler Nascar, let's be honest, it is a little boring, right? <laughs> With the exception of when you need help. When you need help, it's not boring. It's super important. And so, you know, using that element of celebrity and just that reason for people to pay attention or want to at least get to know you more so than just some average Joe Schmo. I mean, it's a super important angle that needs to be worked. And so I'm glad they recognize that and gave you a chance and they use it. And I appreciate that, guys. Yeah, and it does certainly help. It does help to have a, a name and a face. And uh, it, it's it's such a fascinating career. I never thought it would be so um, 
so genuine is a good term because the the people I work with on a daily basis are what make me um, strive to be better. And you know whether it's my clients themselves or you know more importantly the the people I work with on a daily basis at lawyers. It's just been a phenomenal run for me. I love it. I, I, I've often kicked around the idea, and Steve, you know this, of um, jumping into real estate. And I've kicked that idea around well before I even started at, at, in the title business. And I thought, you know what, I can really attach my name to it because by nature, I've always been a people pleaser. I've always wanted to go help others. That's just kind of in my DNA. And I just, I can't get out of the title stuff because it is so much fun on a daily basis and they're, they're just incredible people and, and I'll sing their praises. I told, um, I told that to Denise and I said, if I ever, if ever the day comes where I get out of title, I'm always using lawyer's title to do my transactions because I, I know the people that are behind the scenes that are working their tails off and those escrow officers have the most thankless job in the world. Every agent wants what they want when they want it, and they've got their demands, and, and some can be harder than others, but we do it with a happy, uh, put a smile on our face every day, and we love it. You know, love what you do and do what you love. It's, uh, and by the way, you're not a rookie anymore, Adam. You're three years into this career, so right. now you've got the double whammy of celebrity, the gift of gab, you know, that social presence, and and expertise. I mean, you're, you're, start, you're racking up some transactions, you're working with some top agents, you're, you're hearing what they do, you're meeting with them, they're sharing, you know, this, I'm doing this, it's not working, but this is. So, you know, it's only going to get better and has continued to get better for you, even though, you know, it was good from the beginning. Yeah, no question. No question. Yeah. And, and you learn there's, there's never a day where you're, I'm not learning something about this industry. And, and I've got absolutely unequivocal unequivocally the the best person to um kind of guide me and lead me and that and that's denise you know i i was blown away one time when i looked at some of the uh the numbers of the top producing agents in this market and we'll we never turn any client away but i looked at some of the top agents uh top 25 list if you will and to see the ones that we're working with that were all brought on by denise and i think to myself holy cow this girl knows what she's doing and and you know it at d different events i mean she's always the first person up and we we just we follow her lead and without her guidance uh, along the way it's um it's it's not as it's not as fun i'll tell you that but that thankfully we've got her and uh, we we follow everything she does but you're right yeah some of these agents that we work with um the top agents uh, they've got their systems in place much like yourself steve you have systems in place where you don't really rely on a title company's help uh, 24 seven. There are some that do, some that don't, but whatever their question is uh, and uh, request is, we're gonna be there to meet it head on. That's awesome. We've talked a little bit about you getting into real estate. Let's talk a little bit about the end of your Blazer career and then now where you're at now. Did you guys see it coming at all or was it just a complete out of left field surprise? It blew me away. It blew me away. I remember exactly. It was one of those moments where you knew exactly where you were when the news came down. Now, here's what happened. This would have been mid-June at some point. I'm at the corner of 185th and Cornell in Tannisport. I'm at a stoplight and I get a message that said, hey, join us for a conference call. It was 946 in the morning. The conference call they were calling for was at 10 a.m. So in 14 minutes, no one ever does that unless it's some big news. I didn't think anything of it. I'm like, oh, okay, join. And I'm at that stoplight and I call and they said, hey, just want to let you guys know, uh, Mrs. 
Jeff Curtin, the director of broadcasting, who's still currently there, and really good friends with Mike Kirk, <laughs> by the way. Uh, oh, they were yeah. buddies from college at Oregon State. Anyways, he says, uh, hey, guys, I just want to let you know, thanks for jumping on. I just want to let you know that uh, effective immediately, Mike Barrett, Mike Rice, and Antonio Harvey are no longer with the team. And I was at that stoplight, and the light turned green, and I was still at the stoplight. I hadn't moved. The car behind me started honking. I was just, I was numb. I was like, how do you get rid of these guys? I don't get it at all. And then I'm thinking, well, I'm on the call, and Holton was on the call, and I'm thinking, he said, uh, yeah, you guys want to come in later. You know, the press release will be going out, and, you know, there's going to be a backlash of media that we're going to want to find out more, and certainly there was. So I had to be buttoned up on it for about an hour, but I was just blown away that they got rid of him. So, but I thought my job was safe. And I, remember, I do remember that because uh, I, I saw you, and I was like, so you're still there? And, and, and that was the word on the street for a little while, right? Yeah, I was like, well, for now, and I had no idea what the you know future held for me. I figured, God, they're getting rid of those guys. That I mean, if they're getting rid of Mike Barrett, then anyone, no one's untouchable, you know. So I thought, okay, well, who are they bringing in to replace him? And they said, well, Paul's had this you know love affair with Kevin Calabro for a long time, so he's going to bring him down. I'm like, oh, that's going to go over well. You're bringing a Sonics broadcaster down. Yeah. Portland. Great job, Paul. Great job. Yeah. Home run hitter right there. Yeah. So two, maybe, I don't know, it was sometime in August. It was close to two months had passed, and I got a call from Jeff to come down to the Blazer office and talk about the coming season. So I went in there, and he looked like someone had just poured a bag of flour over his head. He was ghostly white, but I hadn't seen him all summer. And I walk in, I'm like, hey, how's it going? He's like, fine. He's like, would you close the door behind you? And I thought, oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I just want to let you know we're going to make a change with the TV studio host uh, position, so you um, you won't be doing that any longer. And I thought, okay, this caught me by surprise. And you know, I gave him a hug. We we had a couple conversations there, and he said, "But I want to let you know this is not the end of your tenure. You're still going to have, you know, you'll have your parking pass. You're still going to be an employee here. We're just going to use you as needed." Uh, they never called me once. So, <laughs> yeah. You have a parking pass? Was that yeah. a was parking that on a pass, Friday? Like, still, still worked. I had access to the building. All of this, and I thought, wow. What? What? Thanks for the you know the going away present. I get at least that parking pass. But um, yeah, I just thought it was it was a crappy move. But that that's that's one man's opinion. So <laughs> yeah, and then um, and so all the while I'm still working with the title company with lawyers and and trying to understand that business a little bit more. And then an opportunity came up. Uh, one of the guys from coin was leaving to go up to Seattle. And, um, I thought, you know what, I'm just going to try and give this a shot. I'm going to call them up and, and see, I emailed the GM and the news director at that time was someone who I previously had worked with. And he's still the news director uh, at KGW. So we have known each other for years, more than, more than a decade. And I said, Hey dude, I, I know your sports department needs help. Uh, I'm going to offer a solution. Uh, I'm available. I can do this. And I talked with Denise and Denise was like, as long as it doesn't affect what you're doing day to day with lawyers, I'm all for it. It can only be a good thing. I think uh, it helps what you do day to day, by the way. It does. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. I agree too. Yeah. The, the two go hand in hand and they really do. And so, so it's a lot of work, you guys. It's, it's literally, you know, nine to five at lawyers. Uh, when I go over to coin, I'm on the air literally at 545. And so it's a quick turnaround. I have a producer who will write my early show 
and and I, I I'm just blessed to be there. They've given me the opportunity. I think we've changed things, uh, the dynamics there at Coin as far as being a station that people will tune into now. Whereas before, you know, they, they've gone through so many different ownership changes in the past that uh, that it, it was it was hard, and uh, it was hard for people to you know get what they want because we're all creatures of habit. At the end of the day, you know, we tune in to a certain station because we like the people that are on there or their content is, you know, is better than others in town. So, um, you know, coin has been terrific. We've got an outstanding team there. And, and like I said, yeah, it's, it's been just over a year since I started there. I started there mother's day. Yeah. Almost a year and a half. Jeez. Do you write your own script, I guess you'd say, or dialogue, or did you say a producer writes it for you? I have a producer. Yeah, I have a producer who'll write his, um, his stuff in the early show, the 545, but I'll tweak it. I always tweak it because his style is going to be different than my style. And you don't want, um, your style to be misinterpreted. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, you have to be conversational, much like we're doing right here. And I'll write it conversation conversationally in in the teleprompter and in our scripts. So, but the funny thing is, you guys, I, I get um, at at five o'clock. I get three minutes. You're like, gosh, three minutes. What can you put in three minutes? Uh, I always call it putting ten pounds of shit in a five pound bag. <laughs> yeah, good descriptive <laughs> words want, for it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I want to give you guys the most <clears throat> news. Like, I, for instance, I'll be on camera for this, and you can time it if you want. But I'd, I'd say something like at 11 o'clock where three different things happen. I'll put up a generic sports background behind me. I'd say, hey, the Hillsborough Hawks beat Eugene tonight 4-3. to three. The Tri-City Americans best the Winterhawks in, in uh, preseason hockey. And Serena Williams wins her third-round match at the U.S. Open. That took eight seconds to give you three different you know, pieces there. And I'll, I'm just saying, you know, off the cuff here, but you want to make sure that all of our stuff is going to be written in, in a timely manner because – yeah, the news. If you, if you ever watch the news and flip channels, you always know that okay, Coin's going to be first. KGW doesn't really do a, a, a sports cast anymore. They're so they're they're not nightly. Every night you can expect to see a sports cast on Channel Six, on Channel Two. We're the only two that still do them um, in those certain time frames. But then as soon as my show's over, you can flip over to Channel Two and watch Joe Becker. And you know it, it's it's weird how the timing always works. Um, all of the weather's. Uh, Forecasts and uh, weather casts in town are all on at the exact same time in the eleven o'clock show. Uh, it's 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 an interesting uh, world in the world of broadcasting and making sure you're producing it. So, but I try to give you all the content. We have a job in this market because we are a local TV station. I'm going to go local first, regional second, and national third. Unless it's a huge national story, then uh, that trumps you know any sort of local news. Then it's always going to be local. How much research are you doing on a regular basis? Because that's the thing I have to I have to think you've got to be on the cutting edge knowing everything. Are you just do you just devour sports news, Adam? Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I, I do. I listen to sports radio all the time. I listen to it on Sirius XM. There are certain stations that I'll listen to and I'll flip between as I'm going from appointment to appointment at lawyer's titles. So I'm always wearing two hats. Uh, there's not a time where, um, you know, if, if I'm making a phone call on the way in, uh, as soon as that phone calls over, it pops onto, you know, some of the local radio stations or ESPN radio or whatever it is, just to make sure I'm not missing out on anything because mm -hmm. 
social media is going to drive things too. If you can be the first to report, unfortunately, this last uh, this last fall or whenever it was when the Ducks hired, um, oh, what's Mario Cristobal? You know, there was kind of like a, a lot of talk in house on who their next head coach was going to be, and it was like the I had got on good intel that it was going to be the former. Um, oh gosh, he's the head coach now at uh, Arizona. University of Arizona replaced Rich Rodriguez. But I had gone on social media and I had said, hey, reports out of Eugene are they're going to hire um, Kevin. Kevin, what's his butt? You guys know if I said the last name. Anyways, um, and it turned out being false. Real estate people, dude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin something. Ask anyway. me an appraiser's name. <laughs> yeah, right. right. <laughs> You've got a laundry list of those. Uh, so it turned out not to come true and it was going to be my one big break you know starting off the coin and turned out that there was like a not a mutiny by the by the uh by the Oregon Duck players but they were all in strong favor of keeping Mario Cristobal on board and so he was the one who got promoted but they were super close to getting uh, the the coach Kevin whatever his last name is this is going to bother me Better Google it. I am Googling um, it right now. I want to see this on 5 o'clock news. Right, right. (laughs) So anyways, the social media was where, you know, I I posted that. And God, dude, I got drugged through the mud so bad. There was a point where I just had to turn off social media. I was like, I'm not going to listen to all this crap. Because I know for a fact that he was their guy. And at the last minute, at the ninth hour, you know, they they came back and said, all right, all the players want this and this. So, um, and I think it's a great move in hindsight. who is it? I know you're looking, Tucker. Well, you're looking for the football coach or basketball yeah. coach? Head coach, football. Football, Kevin, okay. So okay. Well, Bobby Hurley is obviously their basketball coach. So Hurley? Really? At Arizona State. Oh, Arizona State. No, Arizona. Oh, Arizona. No. Well, yeah, yeah, that'll change things, right? Okay, Arizona football coach. Let's let's see this just for the uh, – we've got Kevin Sumlin. Yes, thank you. Boom. So I had gone on social media and I'm like, hey, Kevin Sumlin's going to be the next head coach, blah, 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 blah. And then the next morning, everyone was reporting, yeah, Adam from Coin6 is uh, reporting, da, 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 da. And then, then they said, uh, no, it's going to be Mario Cristobal. And I was like, oh, God, please. So there are times when your credibility will take a, a small hit, but it wasn't because I was getting bad intel. It was just because um, something had changed from the time I had sent out that tweet at 1130 or 1140 the, the night before and then the next morning there was something something that changed so um but anyways yeah social media can be um uh, drive you nuts sometimes you guys know this oh yeah uh, yeah right. a lot of trolls out there but blessing and a curse blessing and a I curse mean, I, I think in your position it's overall a good thing though. i mean there's always going to be those a-holes out there right that are just looking to They've got an alternate opinion no matter what you post. Sports, politics, whatever, right? Like, they're just... No you, question. You know, you could say if the there's people that would argue the Damian Lillard contract was a good one, it's a bad one, right? There's people that would say the Myers-Leonard contract was amazing, and other ones that would say it was the <laughs> stupidest thing we've ever done. Who are those Evan Turner, right? It doesn't matter what you post, but the point is you're getting traction and people are paying attention. I think that's the overarching theme that with you people are going to pay attention more than if it was just some random guy. So there's there's still power there, even though it's annoying. It's oh, You've got that momentum. You've got that presence. And so with that presence, obviously, comes more of those people that have alternate opinions, and they just like to be keyboard cowboys and go out there and tell you that you're wrong and they're right. Yeah. And you've got like 5,000 Twitter followers, right? <laughs> hey, dude, don't cheat me. There's like 7,000. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, hey, what's the uh, in in Portland sports? What's the slowest time of the year? Summer. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so, July. So we're leaving that. We're heading into Blazer season. Is that your favorite time of sports? Yeah. Well, October is my favorite time because uh, you got football and and basketball. Football and baseball, dude. The World and Series. Baseball. Yeah, yeah. The trifecta. Yeah. Hockey's starting. Hockey's already started with the Winterhawks. Um, that's the time of year. October's the time of year where you have four, all four major sports wow. happening at the same time. Yeah. That and, is cool. um, yeah. And you, everyone's excited for college football. The NFL's here where, you know, everyone's got a opportunity week one. <laughs> all right. Quick, quick question. Yeah. Rabbit hole. 30 seconds will be like the news clip. Bam, bam. Uh, yeah. Percentage chance you think MLB comes to PDX? Go. Great question. 90%. Okay. Wow. 90%. Put that on Twitter. Let's see how many haters you get on that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, because we've seen this before, Tucker. We've seen this before. I, I was covering when Vera Katz was the mayor of Portland at the time, and we thought we were close to getting the Montreal Expos. And and I thought, yes, yes, yes. And they can play here at Civic Stadium or whatever the hell it was called at the time. And you just don't have the political people in office in Portland that are going to back it. If you have the corporate financial backing uh, you're going to get a team because they, they see that this is an underserved market as far as professional sports go. You see what happened when you brought the Portland Timbers here and moved them to MLS. Uh, it's amazing. The, the the support that the Timbers get is second to none. The Blazers, when they're rolling, there's not a, there's not a, a, a topic in this town that drives conversation more than the Trailblazers. So uh, it, this market will succeed. It will get baseball. I just hope it's not my Oakland A's. <laughs> and you still talk to Mike Barrett. He's he's kind of leading that charge, right? Uh, yeah, I don't talk to him much. No. I, I wish I did a little bit more because I, yeah. I, you know, I see him from time to time. But uh, yeah, he's a he's a busy guy, and um, if I can just get him to respond to my text messages a little bit more, <laughs> that would be good. You know, I will say, uh, I, Mike was a great announcer, but he called some weak fouls of Cub Sport. Weak fouls. He was, he was known as that guy. Yeah. You're not the first person to tell me this, Tucker. <laughs> I've heard this about him. Come on. It's not what you say that goes, Barrett. Yeah. Do this. Yeah, he pulled the announcer card many times on the foul calls, that's for sure. He's so. a great dude. I love him. <laughs> I, I, I sure miss him on Blazer broadcasts, I'll be honest. He was good. He was very good. I'll give yeah. him that. No question. And you could tell. You could tell that there was, there was a, a genuine connection with the team and a historical knowledge of the team. And, and Mike Rice, for as much as we know him as, as being the drunk uncle and the sidekick, uh, <laughs> they worked well together, man. They Those did. Were, were one of a kind. Yeah, I hope we can get back to, uh, you know, a culture of, I guess, maybe more homegrown feel. Um, you know, I know they're trying to cultivate that with time and we'll see how it goes this season. But I think that was definitely one of the big draws that, you know, many uh, pretty much all the fans really enjoyed about watching, you know, Blazer broadcasting. Yeah, change is inevitable. Sometimes. What's your good. thoughts on the Blazers this season, Adam? Uh, you know, last year, I didn't think they were a playoff team and they went out and became the three seed in the Western conference. So I, I, I gosh, I, do I undersell them again? And the answer is yes, because <laughs> they're, they're not better. Um, this off season, they did not get better. Uh, Anthony Simons is going to be a project. Um, he might not even get off the bench. He might spend time in the G league. I think Gary Trent jr. Is going to be good as far as some of the newcomers we're talking. Um, uh, but you know, the, the, the elephant in the room on all of this, you guys is Neil Olshay and his horrible decision-making with contracts and having so much money to spend and, you know, the 
summer. Yeah. Oh, oh, I loved his uh, his press conference at the end of the uh, year. He's sitting there with Terry Stotts, and he's putting a real shiny veneer on all the decisions they made in the contracts they signed. I'm like, dude, that, yeah. those were like the worst decisions ever. Like, and Terry's sitting there like uh, red faced and whatnot. Which, by the way, Terry's a nice guy. He's my he's one of my next door neighbors. But um, beyond that. I think here's what I think. This is the implosion year. Unfortunately, last year I picked their wins within one win. Did actually I've done it with two years in a row now. But I feel like this is the year where we've got locker room problems, we've got stagnation issues, and we've got an official. Okay, we need to break things up, and kind of shit hits the fan in terms of just the stagnation. Right? If you're not going forward, you're going backwards in pro sports. And- totally. I feel like this is the year, unfortunately, because I'm a huge Blazer fan, and uh, I just I feel like with that we're at that point, and this is going to be the season, unfortunately. But we'll and, see. And sometimes you kind of—I I hate to say it—but sometimes you in the, in the way the way that the, the game is structured, you need that to happen because if you stay mediocre constantly, you never get those lottery picks, and you never you never get that big big time player that is that you can start to build around. So it's almost like maybe I hate to say it, but maybe it's it's almost what you need. I mean, that's what happened in in 07. Now, we won't go into the details of who we picked and what happened. We were yeah, pretty I think there was a guy named KD that. that we passed on because he couldn't bench press the bar for some reason. Right. Yeah. right. Uh, yeah. But he could ball like no one else in college was at that time. That's the funny thing. But big men like Greg Oden never come. Look, if you're to do this move, uh, you know, nine times out of ten, you're still taking Greg Oden. So it just sucks that it ended the way it did. And given the history here in the city of Portland um, with Sam Bowie, you know, being taken over by Michael Jordan. I mean, you know, it's a long, long list of um you know, bad mistakes or bad draft picks that uh, happen to go the opposite way with, um, you know, so it is what it is. But, you know, the whole Olshay thing, I just, the guy can sell ice to an Eskimo, man. He he just makes everything sound so, like you said, Tucker, you know, put a shiny veneer on everything. He is um, just going to, he's going to be remembered for those horrible contracts of 2016. Uh, you can't move Myers Leonard. Nobody wants him. They see the tape. Uh, he's a super kid. I love Myers. He's an unbelievable guy. I almost killed him on a golf course once. True story. <laughs> Literally, probably mere feet away from hitting him in the temple with one of my drives. Uh, that's how good at golf I am. Uh, <laughs> and Nassar, you're going to see that on Friday. That's right. That's right. Langdon Farms, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now. I'm looking forward to it. Charity event. Make sure right. you play behind him, not in front of him. Uh, and, <laughs> all right. All right. So to really sum up your uh, the question that you asked, though, Steve, um, about the Blazers and you know, kind of like what do I think of them this coming year? Uh, I don't think they're a playoff team. I think they're right on the outside looking in because you look at all the teams that got better around them. I mean, Houston, Golden State, San Antonio is not going to be a playoff team either, in my opinion. Uh, Denver will be. Phoenix is going to be improved, maybe not a playoff team. Uh, Utah is certainly going to be in the playoffs. There's, there's just too many teams that are – the Lakers will be in the playoffs. I hate to uh, break that news to anyone, especially here in Portland. But, yeah, Portland I think is going to be somewhere around 9 and 10, and there's going to be a little bit of discord because of it. And so one of those two guards is uh, – when I say one of those two, I think if anyone is going to be moved on this team, it's going to be uh, C.J. McCollum. I just think that – in my, and that's only a, an opinion. I have got no, no basis for what to stand on other than – if you're going to get better, 
you've got to give up something. And uh, I don't think Lillard's going anywhere. I think he's going to be the all-time leading scorer in Trailblazers history eventually. And and uh, great, it's great for uh, it's great for him because I, I love the dude. Plus, he's an Oakland native. Yeah. Well, hopefully they can figure it out and we have some magic chemistry and Zach Collins becomes a beast on the block and Bingy Swanigan gets like 15 boards of games and, uh, you know, somehow we managed to uh, improve, but it's going to definitely take some added chemistry that we didn't have last year. So we'll see how that all shakes out, but um, I'm, I'm kind of with you there on your opinion. Yeah. Well, I know we got a hard exit here, so we've got to call it, uh, but it's been a fantastic show, so we definitely want to thank you, Adam, for joining us, kind of pulling back the curtain and kind of letting us in on your story on how you started from a sleepy little town in Warrington and ended up on the uh, you know on the big screen talking about the Blazers, and now, of course, uh, doing some sports casting along with you know working in the uh, wonderful world of real estate that we're all in. Yeah, I appreciate it, guys. Thanks. It's been a pleasure. And I just want to give a quick shout out to Adam. Um, Adam Bjornson, to our listeners, he's a genuinely all around good guy. He is in real estate. He knows his stuff. He speaks at, at gosh, a PP, at least one PPG event a week. Um, and uh, if you're out there in, you, in the real estate world, uh, like our listeners are, give him a call, set up coffee with a celebrity and get to know them. And, uh, I think you're going to like, you're, you're, you're going to like, you're going to like what you hear and see. And, uh, you're, uh, you're going to be, uh, very pleased that you did. Check we'll hashtag this, uh, episode. Co- coffee with a celebrity hashtag, uh, on this, uh, and then we'll see what, how many Twitter followers, uh, take you up on that. <laughs> there you go. Guys, I appreciate the love. Appreciate it. All right. Fantastic show. Uh, we will see you guys on the next one. Thanks again for listening to our show, and make sure to tune in next week for another great episode of the Portland Real Estate Podcast.